Thank you, brother. That's a glorious, glorious thought. And uh, recent uh, weeks, I've been thinking a lot about heaven, and heaven's going to be a glorious place for us as God's children. We have so much to uh, look forward to, and it will be a wonderful time one day in Hallelujah Square. If you will, turn with me, please, to the first book of the New Testament, the New Covenant, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. We're thinking about the greatest privilege and the greatest power in all the world. And the greatest privilege and the greatest power in all the world is the privilege of prayer and the power of believing prayer because uh, power is the greatest uh, experience of believing prayer because it's the power that comes from God. Uh, so prayer can do anything God can do, and God can do anything. The greatest privilege and the greatest power in the world, the privilege of prayer, prayer and the power of prayer. And I think about we're under the new covenant. Praise God for the new covenant. The Bible, of course, is divided into the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. That's what the word testament means. And the New Covenant, the New Testament. And, and Jesus said, the New Testament is in my blood. And the, the great mystery of the New Testament uh, to the Old Testament saints is that the New Testament is not just for the Jews. It's for every person, male and female, uh, bond and free, Jew and Gentile. Anyone may come. Christ died on the cross for all of our sins. And uh, the true and living God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God who inspired the writing of the Word of God, is the maker of all things new. And just as that song reminds us one day we will be in Hallelujah Square, one day we will be in heaven. And John, in his wonderful description, uh, the new heaven, new earth, and the new Jerusalem says this in Revelation 21.5, and he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, right, for these words are true and faithful. When we receive Jesus Christ into our life as our personal Savior and Lord, we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Have you ever thought in your life, oh, if I could just live my life over the things that I would do differently? And I think that's true with most of us in varying degrees and varying ways. Certainly, if we had our lives to live over there's some things maybe we would change in it for the better but we can't do that but the glory of the gospel of christ is that we can become a new person in christ and the old things pass away and all things have become new that is the power of the gospel of the lord jesus christ our god is an awesome god he lives and reigns above with wisdom, power, and love. And our God is an awesome God. And when you think about how, how powerful and wise and omnipotent he is, and that we're his children and we have his undivided attention, and his ears are always open to our cry, and all we have to do is cry, and God will hear, and God will answer our 
prayer. There's that wonderful promise in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 17, verse 20, where Jesus says, if you've got faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed and will say to this mountain, be thou cast into the sea, it will be cast into the sea. It's not the amount of our faith. Mustard seed is the smallest seed in, in the natural world. It's not the amount of our faith as the one in whom we have placed our faith. And if we will believe, God will hear and God will answer our prayer. And that's why prayer is the greatest power, uh, prayer is the greatest power on earth because prayer can do anything God can do and God can do anything. We are looking at Matthew's account of the Lord's Prayer, but in Luke's account of the Lord's Prayer, we find the setting why Jesus actually taught uh, the Lord's Prayer, what we call the model prayer. One of the disciples said to Jesus one day, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And I think that's a great request for us to, to ask our Lord today. Lord, teach us to pray. That disciple didn't say, Lord, teach us how to live a victorious Christian life, or Lord, teach us how to preach, or Lord, teach us how to sow win. That disciple had learned from walking with Jesus that if he could learn how to pray the way Jesus prayed, that he could uh, become all that God would have him to become, that through prayer, through prayer, the power of God would be so released upon his life that he could live uh, the victorious, overcoming uh, Christian life. Now, the reason we call the Lord's Prayer the model prayer is really Jesus didn't have to pray this prayer. He certainly didn't have to pray, Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I think about that glorious truth in Hebrews 4 that says that Jesus was tempted in every point as you and I are yet the Lord Jesus without sin. And we can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Now, we're looking in this series on the greatest privilege and the greatest power in the world at six principles of prayer. And these six principles of prayer are given to us in the model prayer. Let me read for us the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, as recorded in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6. Let me read beginning at verse 9 and read through verse uh, 15. And I want us to look at the first two. We've already studied those. We want to briefly recap those. And then I want us to see the third principle of believing prayer. And again, let, let me just say this. I don't know there's a greater subject to, to study and to apply to our hearts than this study because this study releases the power of God upon our lives, upon the lives of our loved ones and our friends, upon our church family. It is the greatest privilege and the greatest power in all the world. The Bible says in Matthew 6, verse 9, reading down through verse 15, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That word hallowed means holy. Our Father, which art in heaven, Holy be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as Chad mentioned just a moment ago in our prayer time, how, how applicable that 
prayer is today uh, when we think about what's going on in America. And I'm already praying for the president-elect and the vice president-elect. Uh, I'm praying for their salvation. I pray they'll know Christ as uh, their Savior and Lord. And, and are these trying times for America? Yes, and yet, yes, it is. And yet, it's a time of prayer. It's a time when God's people come before him and pray. And, and as I've shared several times over the past couple of months, the Lord told me that the future of America does not depend on the White House. It depends on the church house. It depends on God's people humbling themselves and praying and seeking his face and turning from our wicked ways. And then he says, I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive your sins and I will cleanse uh, your land. So uh, we should pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I use the word trespasses there. I pray the Lord's Prayer usually twice every day. Some days I may not pray it twice, but almost every day I do. And I try to not just say it, but I try to pray it. And I'll say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, that's an interesting request, and we'll study that later. But remember, the Bible says, in Matthew 4, that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And so we pray in the model prayer, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And then he, he, then he gives this comment. He gives this comment. For if you forgive me in their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive uh, your trespasses. Now, now look with me at the first principle. That's the people of prayer. Who are the people of prayer? The people of prayer are our heavenly father and his children. Uh, turn with me, please. Keep your place there if you follow along in the word of God. There in Matthew 6. But turn with me, please, to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, and we want to look at verses 4 through 7. Galatians chapter 4, 4 through 7. Who are the people of prayer? The people of prayer are the children of God and their heavenly Father. Now, let me just remind you of a sobering truth. We talked about it two Sunday mornings ago, but it's so true. God does not hear the prayer of unsaved people. Uh, he doesn't hear the prayer of the Muslim, the Buddhist, but he doesn't, that, that sweet, unsaved person who, who, who lives a good life, but they've never been saved. Uh, the first prayer uh, that they need to pray is, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Jesus' sake. And mercy, mercy, that's the greatest prayer that lost person will ever pray, and that will usher them into the kingdom of God, where the floodgates of God's blessing will open and flow on them, where from that point forward in their life, the, the power of God is just a prayer way. Now, let me also remind you that prayer is composed of five different elements. The first element is confession. Confession. First uh, John 1 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, 
to confess means to say the same thing as. In other words, uh, the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God won't hear me. And, and, and I do that quite often during my daily prayer time. Sometimes in the day, I may spend two to three hours in prayer. And, and I, I have the privilege. I have the time. I live by myself and have the time. I enjoy it. It's such a privilege and such a power there. But as I've shared with you before, I keep many times uh, a Bible turned to First John 1. I call that my spiritual campground. First John 1, verse 7 says that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. And verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive, me of, forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so confession is the first element in prayer. It's keep our hearts clean. And if you're like me, you're praying. And, and the enemy puts some kind of uh, hellish thought in your mind. I stop right then. I give it to Jesus, put it under the blood. And, and as we shared uh, uh, a couple of Wednesday nights ago, uh, we judge that. We judge it. Not only do we confess that sin, <laughs> we actually judge that sin. And I have found, and that's a new concept to me, that that is a great help in, in being a prayer warrior. And if you spend a lot of time in prayer, you know it's a prayer war. Uh, but the first step, is keep your heart clean. And then uh, the second element in believing prayer is to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I, I, I was just thinking early this morning as I was studying, that's a weakness in my prayer life. I, I do a lot of praying for other people and interceding. But to just simply praise the Lord. He is so worthy of our worship. And then the third element is that we thank the Lord. Uh, just thank him for his blessings. I've gotten the habit this cold time of the year when that furnace comes on here at the house i'll thank the lord for that furnace i'll thank the lord for electricity i'll thank the lord for propane gas that this house is staying warm that's a great blessing you just we, we just don't want to take the blessings of god for granted and, and then the the fourth element in uh in believing prayer is uh petition where you have needs and where you you spend time just asking the lord to meet those needs and then the fifth element in believing prayer is uh, intercession. And I'd say probably 90% of my praying is intercession, praying for the needs of other people. Now, who, who, are, who are the persons of prayer? It's, it's the child of God and his or her heavenly father. It is important to understand this because real praying, powerful prayer, prayer that prevails, Prayer that gets answers is for the children of God. Now, if you're there in Galatians 4, look at verses 4 through 7. Uh, Paul writes to the churches in Galatia, beginning with verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. There was a 400-year uh, period of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the people had not heard a word from the Lord. But when the time was right historically, when the time was right politically, when the time was right prophetically, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. And someone has so wonderfully said, the son of God became the son of man so that the children of men might become the children of God. Indeed, that's why it came. Verse 5 says, he came to redeem them that were under the law, 
that we might receive the adoption of sons. Uh, and, and that's what we've received. I was thinking about that early this morning as I was studying and, and, and seeking the Lord. Uh, now, we are doubly the Lord's. Uh, a child in a family is either a member of that family by birth, the mother gives him birth, or by adoption. Uh, I have uh, my oldest niece, she and her husband could not have children. They adopted two babies at birth, two boys. These boys are grown and godly men out on their own. But those boys are just as much their children as if my niece had given birth to them. But child of God, we are his by not only spiritual birth, but by spiritual adoption. Now, no, no child in the human world is both. Uh, you're either a member of that family by birth or by adoption. We're God's children by being born into his family and by also being adopted into his family. We are his in a twofold manner. Uh, so it says to redeem them, Christ came to redeem them though under the law, under the curse of the law, the broken law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And then I love verse six. Verse six says, uh, and it calls ye our sons. Or you could say children. It's talking about genetically men and women. And because you are children, children of God, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Now, Jesus has a glorified body. And in his glorified body, he's at the Father's right hand. But the Holy Spirit is living the life of Christ in us. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, because you are sons of the children of God, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now, that word Abba is an Aramaic word, which we would translate today, Daddy. Now, I call my father, my earthly father, Daddy. My daughter calls me Daddy. Uh, but do you realize you could call your heavenly father that? Now, I... I I wouldn't feel comfortable calling him that, but I would feel comfortable calling him Abba Father. Abba Father, but it's the same word. It's the same word. It's that personal relationship. Prayers between the child of God and his or her Heavenly Father. I remember on one occasion, I went to see my eye doctor, Dr. Shelley, and I was looking for an opportunity to ask Dr. Shelley about his faith in Christ, and I talked with him about his faith in Christ, and Dr. Shelley uh, assured me that he had trusted Christ as his Savior and Lord. And Dr. Shelley said, well, now let me tell you about my doctor. And, and for his physical exams, he'd go to Dr. Pagter in Tryon, North Carolina. And Dr. Shelley said, Bill, the way Dr. Pagter closes his exams when he's examining a patient, the last question he'll ask that patient is, have you personally received Jesus Christ? into your life as your Savior and Lord. Now, I, I think that's powerful. Here's a Christian medical doctor who closes out his exam of his patients by asking them about their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm sure Dr. Factor has led many of his patients to a saving relationship with Christ. And you think about it, you can be doing really well physically, but if you don't, no Christ. You've lost it all. You've lost it all. 
And uh, you can be very, very sick physically. But if you know Jesus, if Christ is real in your heart, and I think about this dear, dear man of God, uh, Brother Packer, who's a preacher, a pastor, dear man of God, and, and I know it's not easy for Miss Packer and, and, and Michelle and Brian and, and uh, the family. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's just not easy uh, for Morgan and Emily and the family uh, to see him maybe go out into eternity, go home to be with the Lord. But I can only imagine the great rewards that man of God has in heaven. I have a feeling they'll be lining up, waiting to shake his hand and, and thank him when he gets there for leading them. Many, many people just saying, thank you for being my pastor. Thank you for telling me about Jesus. Thank you for leading me to Christ. And that's the most important question. That closing question, the medical doctor asked his, his patients, have you ever personally received Jesus into your life as your Savior and Lord? And then Paul closes out this passage we're reading with these words, wherefore, since you're a child of God, and the Spirit of God lives in your heart, and you can cry out, Abba, Father, that personal name for God. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son, a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I know right now I'm trying to get everything in line. So uh, whenever the Lord calls me home, my daughter won't have any problems taking care of everything after I, I'm gone. I just think that's the right thing to do. My mom and dad did that for me. Uh, but uh, just to realize that I, where I'm going, and to realize I, I, I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Uh, my daughter will inherit this house I live in, and that's it. And praise God, she can have that and do with it, whatever she wants to do with it. But think about our inheritance. It says, we are a son of God, a child of God, and an heir uh, of God through Christ. God owns it all, the precious child of God. One day, we will share in that wonderful, glorious inheritance. But look with me. Uh, at the purpose of prayer. We we're looking at the people of prayer. And prayer is simply a child of God talking uh, with his or, heaven, his, his or her heavenly father. And, and sometimes people think prayer is complicated. It's not. It's just talking to your heavenly father. But notice with me, the second principle of uh, victorious prayer is the purpose of prayer, the purpose of prayer. Look at uh, Matthew 6, verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me say what I said a couple of weeks ago. Prayer is not getting your will done in heaven. Prayer is really getting God's will done on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think about what's going on in America and the new president coming in and, and, and I'm praying for him. I'm praying for the vice president. -elect. I'm praying for their salvation, uh, just like I did for Obama. Uh, I, I'm praying for uh, Joe Biden's salvation. I pray that he'll truly give his heart and life to Jesus and, and have some godly counselors who will, who will give him godly wisdom and godly advice. And this is the kind of 
when we as Christians in America, we need to seek God's face for our beloved nation. Uh, this nothing has taken God by surprise. He's not sitting in heaven wringing his hands wondering what in the world's going on in America. He's got a plan, and, and we're his children. He's going to take care of us as his children, but he also wants to use us in his wonderful plan for our nation. Uh, for many years, I used a devotional book by Oswald Chambers called My Utmost for His Highest. My Utmost for His Highest. And I do recommend it's an excellent uh, devotional book. Oswald Chambers put it this way. We look upon prayer as a means of getting things for ourselves. The Bible idea of prayer is that we get to know God himself. And that's it. That's it. It's through prayer that you really get to know God. He's your heavenly father. And, and that's the primary purpose of prayer. Uh, the people of prayer are God and his children. And the purpose of prayer is not to get our will done in heaven, but to get God's will done uh, on earth. And, and it's to know our heavenly father better. Can you imagine a child who doesn't spend any time talking with his parents or her parents? Uh, they know very little about us. And that's, that's why the more we talk with our Heavenly Father, the more time we spend in his presence. What a privilege that is. Uh, knowing and doing the will of God is not something that we have to do. It, it's what we get to do. Uh, knowing the will of God doesn't bind us up. It actually frees us up. The Bible says this world's going to pass away and the lust thereof. But the person who does the will of God is going to abide forever. So we see the people of prayer are God and his children. And the purpose of prayer is our just having God's will done on earth and done in our lives. Thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because this earth is going to pass away and the lust thereof. But the Bible says the person who does the will of God, you're going to abide forever. Do the will of God. Whatever God's will is for your life, do God's will, and you're going to abide forever. Now, I want you to look with me at the provisions of prayer. The provisions of prayer. Uh, look at verse 11 in Matthew 6. Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. The Lord is simply telling us that prayer is a wonderful way where God will provide our needs. Prayer is a wonderful way where God will provide our needs. Now, we can't overly state that. Uh, one of the greatest verses in the Bible is uh, Philippians 4:19. But my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, think about that. Our God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, it doesn't say God will supply all we want. We don't need all we want. And then there's sometimes we don't need, uh, we don't actually want what we need. Uh, sometimes a parent will say to their child, you need a spanking. Well, I tell you, that child doesn't want one. He needs one, but uh, he doesn't want one. But when we seek the Lord, he will supply our needs, no matter what that need might be. Now, let me say that again. That is so important. 
When we seek the Lord, he will supply our needs, no matter what that need might be. I recall, this is this is just powerful. I recall on one occasion, years ago, talking with a godly praying lady and her 21-year-old son, 11 years prior to our conversation, had been killed in a car wreck. And I can't even fathom that. And and she was saying she was yearning to know if her son was in heaven because he wasn't living for the Lord when he died in that car wreck. But she was praying and seeking to know, Lord, is, is my son in heaven? Is he in heaven? And, and at her son's funeral, she asked the music director to sing that wonderful gospel song, If You Could See Me Now. If you could see me now. And, and she said, as he was singing, if you could see me now, she said she saw her son on the platform dressed in a robe. And he said, I'm all right, Mom. I'm all right, Mom. And from that point forward, that had been 11 years prior to our conversation, she had peace because she knew God had heard and answered her prayer and that her son was fine in heaven. Praise God for answered prayer. Praise God for the privilege of prayer. Praise God for the power of prayer. The Bible promises us, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, again, here, Philippians 4, 19, our God will supply all of our needs <laughs> according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, a millionaire might give you $100, but that's not according to his riches. That's just out of his riches. God blesses us every day uh, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Bobby Barr was a great man of God. He's now with the Lord. He was pastor many years, First Baptist Church in Gaffney, South Carolina. And, and, and uh, then after he retired, he became interim pastor at East Gaffney Baptist Church and then one of my, really my best preacher friends uh, became the pastor of that church. But I remember hearing Bobby Morrow talk about in one of his sermons, two little girls, two little sisters, they wanted to bake a cake for their mama for a birthday. And they put all the stuff together, mixed it in the bowl, put it in the pan, put the pan in the oven. And after it cooked, brought it out and, and it was flat as a pancake. They had forgotten one essential ingredient they had forgotten the flour precious child of god in order for us to be what god has called us to be in order for us to have what god would have us to have in order for us to do what god wants us to do the one essential agreement in, in praying is that we must pray believing that's 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 the missing ingredient. That's that's the basis of our agreement of prayer. We pray believing. I think about that course. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. And I think about that wonderful promise, and this is a promise you need to claim. Matthew twenty one twenty two. Jesus said, All things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing 
you shall receive. Let me read that to you again. Matthew 21, 22, you might want to write that down. Jesus said, all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive in all things, and all things, not just some, but all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive, and then you balance that verse by 1 John 5, 14, that says, and this is the confidence that we have in the Son of God, that if we ask anything, anything according to his will, he heareth us. Oh, precious child of God, only believe, only believe. All things are possible, only believe. Pray with me, please. Father in heaven, thank you for this time of sharing your word today with those who are listening. Father, we thank you for the greatest privilege we have in life, and that's the privilege of prayer. Based on the greatest blessing of life, that is the blessing of knowing Jesus as our Savior and our Lord. And Father, if there's someone listening today who doesn't know Christ, I pray that this will be the day he or she would say yes to the Son of God. To simply cry and say, Father, forgive me of all my sins. And today, by faith, I trust Jesus as my Savior and as my Lord. I thank you, Father, that Christ believed is indeed salvation received. I thank you that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Lord, we thank you so much for the greatest privilege we have in life. That is the privilege of prayer. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.